Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Pulse, a collaborative news highlight series covering the latest stories in the financial advisor industry, brought to you by Charles Financial Network and SuccessionLink. First things first, let's start with a question of the week. How important is confidence to your success in business? We'll answer that one shortly, but first let's jump into our story. Fisher hits back at the backlash. Fisher Investments is running print ads highlighting the prominent role of women at the firm, Bloomberg reports. Responding to a media flap over off-color remarks, Fisher Investments founder Ken Fisher made an invitation-only investor summit a few weeks ago. Several pension and fund companies have ditched Fisher Investment mandates comprising nearly $4 billion. Altogether, Fisher Investments manages about $95 billion, according to its most recent ADV filing. Some attendees at the private conference, which took place in October, say guest speaker Fisher likened broaching the topic of money with clients to approaching a woman at a bar and saying, hey, I want to talk about what's in your pants. In fairness, Fisher's point was that both topics are taboo, not that crude talk in this vein is acceptable. But the notoriously blunt Fisher, whose firm is known for hard sell tactics, came in for criticism and mandate cancellations anyway. In response, Fisher ran full page ads in the Wall Street Journal and the Dallas Morning News captioned, you heard their story, now hear ours, Bloomberg reports. The ad campaign claims there are 800 women working at Fisher Investments, a statistically unimpressive claim given the firm's 3,500 total headcount. Fisher Investment adds that women lead 65% of the firm's workforce and that 60% of the firm's executives are women. Also in the wake of the backlash to Fisher's remarks, Fisher Investments has launched a website to expound on the theme that it's a good place for women to work. Fed to everyone, we could be done trimming rates. If the Federal Reserve's message to the world wasn't clear enough at the end of October, Fed Vice Chairman Richard Clarida has underlined, yet again, the U.S. Central Bank's view that additional rate cuts aren't a given. We have a favorable outlook for the economy, Clarida has told Bloomberg on November 1st. We think the economy is in a good place. We think monetary policy is in a good place. This view echoes a statement by Fed's rate-setting open market committee the day before, when the Fed made its third consecutive 25 basis points cut since June. The labor market remains strong and the economic activity has been rising at a moderate rate and inflation minus food and energy remains under 2%, the Fed said in an October 31st press release. The latest cut supports the committee's view that sustained expansion of economic activity, strong labor market conditions, and inflation near the committee's symmetric 2% objectives are the most likely outcomes. Also last week, the U.S. Labor Department reported that payrolls rose a bit higher than expected in October and that unemployment rose slightly off a 50-year low the month before. Clarita tells Bloomberg the three 25-basis-point cuts in recent months provide some insurance or cushion against the economic slowing in offshore markets. SEC warns hybrids about conflicts involving sweep accounts. The Securities and Exchange Commissions is unhappy with undisclosed or inadequately disclosed financial conflicts in money market and cash sweep arrangements initiated by firms whose advisors are registered as both an investment advisor, and broker-dealer representatives. The SEC's enforcement chief, Stephanie Avakin, zeroed in on the issue at a conference for advice firm executives in London on November 5th, reports Financial Advisor magazine. When interest rates started ticking up in 2016, sweep accounts, where clients' uninvested cash is put in bank deposits or money market mutual funds, 
became a significant source of revenue to broker-dealers, custody providers, and of course banks, writes Financial Advisor Magazine. For some broker-dealers, these vehicles generated more than 25% of profits. And naturally enough, where brokerages tread, hybrid IRAs frequently follow. But the SEC isn't pleased to learn that some broker-dealers are duly registered IRAs make more than clients on the money market funds they recommend. In fact, Avakin said at the London conference, which highlighted how SEC regulations function in non-U.S. jurisdictions, in some cases, these arrangements may actually lower the interest paid to the client. As a result, said Avakin, the SEC is actively looking for circumstances where an advisor is financially conflicted by incentives that could affect investment recommendations to clients, according to a transcript of her talk available on the SEC's website. And I will tell you, Avakin added, the more we look, the more undisclosed or inadequately disclosed financial conflicts we find. And now for the Succession Link M&A Weekly Update. The practice listing of the week comes from Pinellas Park, Florida. This practice has 30 million in assets under management with a gross revenue of 350,000. The overall business mix is 100% fee-based and the number of accounts that make up this practice is 1,801 with an average client age of 37. This practice is 100% online, complete with a very young average client age, clean investments, and a custom-built software, which includes CRM, client follow-up marketing, and a full advisor dashboard. They also have a $0 client acquisition cost. Given that their client base is young and in the accumulation phase, along with 40 to 80 new clients a month, they are growing at a rate of $1.5 to $2 million a month. This business could double in size efficiently with one advisor and one support assistant without working 50 hours a week. The ideal buyer is one looking to add assets under management without adding to their workload and enjoys consistently using social media to engage with prospective and current clients. The advisor is willing to train on process and provide tips to get consistent exposure online. If you are in the state of Florida and are looking for your next merger and acquisition opportunity, SuccessionLink currently has over 3,600 listed practice opportunities who are looking to sell, merge, or find a successor in continuity. The tip of the week is knowing the ingredients of a deal. Cash may be king, but it's usually not the primary source of funding in a financial services practice transaction. Few buyers purchase practices for all cash. That's because they may not have enough cash to do so, and also because they may not want to commit that much cash into a practice up front. Sellers, on the other hand, often want to get as much cash as possible out of a deal. If the buyer can get lending, that could satisfy a seller's cash requirement. However, if the buyer cannot get traditional lending, the buyer and seller may have to look to alternative funding methods. The first method is an earnout, which is a predetermined cash payment to the seller that is tied to some kind of practice measurable. The selling advisor may receive a payment if a certain percentage of the client base is retained after the transition or if a certain number of transactional accounts are converted to fee-based. Earnouts are popular because they give the seller an opportunity to earn more money while also satisfying the buyer's concerns over how the practice will perform after the transition. The second method is seller financing. This is another way to fund a financial practice transaction in which the selling advisor acts as a buyer's lender. Rather than make loan payments to the bank, the buyer makes payments to the seller. The advantage to this is that it could expedite the transaction. The seller now has a very real interest in the success of the firm after his or her departure. The seller will also likely receive the seller finance portion of the compensation over several years rather than upfront. Communication is key to finding the right mix. Finding the right allocation between cash, earnout, and lending requires transparent and forthright communication. 
If a buyer knows and understands your goal as a seller, he or she can work with you to find a deal that works for everyone. So back to this week's question. How important is confidence to your success in business? For Sun Tzu, the ancient Chinese general and philosopher, famous for the art of war, confidence, backed by preparation, is everything. Winning fighters go to war to confirm victory, Sun Tzu writes. Losing fighters go to war merely in hope of victory. And that wraps up this episode of The Pulse, brought to you by Chalice Financial Network and Succession Link. Until next time. 